0: This is the Jerry Callahan Show. You know, I don't like to tell people how to mourn. It's 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 I always been uncomfortable with that. You never know how people are going to react. Some people want to have a big funeral with lots of people. And some people want to keep it small, just have the family. Some people want to make it a celebration of life. They don't want people to uh, frown or cry, or they want people to laugh and tell stories and remember their their loved one. Remember the good times with their loved one. And some people, some people don't even go to funerals and wakes. They just can't handle it. And other people, they show up. They're the first one there. You never know how people are going to react to uh, tragedy, and uh, especially if it's your child. I can't, I, I have a hard time criticizing how a mother or father or stepfather reacts to losing a child. And I can't imagine losing a child to police brutality. It just seems like something I, I can't even relate to how Rowan Wells, Tyree Nichols' mother, and uh, Rodney Wells. Tyree Nichols' stepfather, uh, I can't even imagine the hell they're going through. It just has to be brutal. Every minute of every day, they must think about their, their son's final moments, begging, begging for mercy, screaming for his mother, who was allegedly 200 feet away as these scumbag cops beat their son to death. So having said that, I got to criticize this. I mean, I got I to gotta call them out. I got to ask them, what the hell were you thinking, Rovan Wells and Rodney Wells? Do you think this was a fitting send-off for your son? Everything we've read, everything we've heard about Tyree Nichols is, uh, leads us to believe he was a good man. He was a father. He was a, a worker. He was coming home from work at the FedEx place. Uh, he didn't deserve this. He didn't deserve anything like this. We don't know the whole story. I'm looking forward to hearing the whole story at some point. But you you say goodbye to your son, your child, and you invite Al Sharpton. You you invite Ben Crump. These are race hustling dirt bags. Why would you want Al Sharpton anywhere near the church? If you wanna if you wanna have a dignified, fitting send off to your son. I can understand Kamala Harris. And to be honest with you, Kamala didn't say anything stupid. I looked, I listened. I expected her to do what Kamala does and make us all cringe. She didn't do that. But then Al Sharpton stepped up. Kamala, I believe, introduced him and he delivered the eulogy. I got a question. Why would you have someone deliver the eulogy to a loved one who he's never met. He's never met him. He doesn't know him. He knows nothing about him. The whole point of a eulogy is finding someone that knows the deceased, knows your loved one well and can tell stories and make people laugh and make people cry and get to know him. I mean, the church is filled. There's a huge crowd. Lots of those people didn't know Tyree. Why wouldn't you want someone up there, his best friend, his brother, up there, co-worker, someone who grew up with him to tell stories about Tyree. You invite an absolute charlatan to deliver the eulogy for your child. Again, a guy who never met him, a guy who was there for one purpose, to fan the fires of racial division. That's what he does. He's a liar. He's a con man. He's a complete race arsonist who isn't happy unless he can pit White against black. That's why he exists. He's he's as we know he's one of the great grifters of all time. He doesn't pay his taxes. He doesn't pay judgments against him, and he flies around in a private jet. Uh, There's a there's a video of him heading to George Floyd's funeral, back uh, two and a half years ago, that he posted a video of him sauntering onto his private jet to head to George Floyd's funeral. Another a uh, uh, guy who passed away that he never knew that he never met what business does he have going going there why why would you bring him there not only does that soil the ceremony for your child but it does the exact opposite of what you said you would like to do you didn't want violence you didn't want looting you didn't want people to overreact and blame the wrong people and cause real division in this country and you bring al sharpton a guy who is who has lied. A guy who, by the way, on tape. I was watching Greg Kelly on Newsmax last night. He had a great piece on this. You forget what what, what a piece of garbage L. Sharpton is. He made a speech, and you can find it, where he called on the people in the audience to off the pigs. Off mm-hmm. the pigs. Now, I understand it was a long time ago, but generally, you know, people hold things like that against people. When they say, go out there and kill cops, that's something that you just don't forget. So we have this situation where five real bad cops murder Tyree Nichols, we believe, and they are charged with murder and they're probably going away for a good long time, 20, 25, 30 years. That's how the system works. When someone breaks the law they get charged, they get indicted, they get charged, they get convicted, they go to jail. That is how the system works. What, what, what more do you want? Al Sharpton is only there if someone gets away with something or if there's a genuine racial incident. There's nothing racial about this. People who say there is, they're lying. They're, they're exploiting it for their own divisive purposes. I just can't get past it. I mean, they, the parents had been really good, really admirable. Uh, they're, they're going through hell. I, they did that interview with uh, Don Lemon. They're doing a, a few interviews or appearances with Ben Crump, by the way, another con man. And they decide on the day they say goodbye for the last time to their child to bring Al Sharpton, MSNBC host Al Sharpton, and noted con man. And not only do they bring him there, they let him deliver the eulogy and he rambles on for forty-five minutes. Uh, I did the eulogy for my father when he passed away, and it's a, it's a long story. I, I have never actually told the whole story, but the dink who was in charge of the church—he wasn't a, a, a priest, but he was a—he was a, a, a gay guy who was kind of running things at a couple of churches. So he had conflicts. And he starts telling me you got 5 minutes. And I go, "What?" He goes, "5 minutes. That's it for your go, father's eulogy." <laughs> for a eulogy. And by the way, unless if you're just a if you're just an average Catholic person, you get one eulogy. If you're a, somehow if you're royalty, if the Kennedys, you can go all day. But if you're just an average Catholic person, they say one eulogy, 5 minutes. And I go, how can you do it in 5 minutes?" He goes, "If you have something more to say, tell it at the lunch after the ceremony." Oh, and I looking at the guy going, sure thing. So I, being the rebel that I am, I went for twelve minutes, and uh, he was uh, the priest who was a total a hole was glaring at me. He went up. By the way, this is just a small nugget. It's a long story. I think it's a good story, but uh, I finish. I make the point, among other points, that uh, a lot, my father cared about a lot of things. You know, he cared, he loved his country. He served in the military. You know, he loved. Uh, his friends and he loved the church, but most of all he loved his family. Sounds like a typical eulogy, mm-hmm. right? So I finish sit down, the priest gets up and says, just for the record, the most important thing to uh Jerry, that's my father, Jerry Sr. Yeah. with the church. Jeez, and, uh, everyone, <laughs> looking... He he fact checks me. In the middle of the <laughs> oh eulogy, God. That's and, that's and, the and by the way, it's not true. I mean, his family was the most important thing. His wife, my mother, was the most important thing to him. Not the church, certainly not the church run by this a hole. But that's that's just. I mean, maybe I'll do it. I'll that's do it on Father's Day, or do it when uh, wow. you know the, the, you know my father's birthday or something. I'll do it another day. It's a good story. It's a long story. You're not going to believe what this uh, priest said <laughs> to me, but. We'll save that for another day. At least I didn't bring Al Sharpton in to eulogize my loved one. That's what Rovan Wells and Rodney Wells did. And I'd love to hear the discussion. Someone said to them, you know, we got a chance to bring Al Sharpton and he'll make it all about race, even though
2: there's no racial element here. Can I put an advocate? Oh, sure. You want you? Bring well I'm just trying. I've been trying to break down what what would the why would you do this if you're the family right? It's not an honorable thing to do. If you're looking at overall bottom line payday, if he's going to come in and do his whole race hustling thing, although it doesn't really apply here, you know the media is going to you know carry it out like it's actually legitimate. Is your bottom line payout going to be bigger from the city of Memphis because Al Sharpton's coming there to kind of (laughs) clean things up? Yeah, that's the only thing I could think of. You think? Yeah, I
0: think they were looking for. I'm sure. You know what? That's not a bad point, Matate, because that's what Ben Crump. I mean, Ben Crump only cares about the money. So, Al Sharpton's he's trying to raise money. Al Sharpton is trying to bilk companies. That's how he makes a living. He bilks major corporations. He blackmails them and says, give my charity money so I can fly in a private jet and wear, you know, five thousand dollar suits. <laughs> if you don't give me money, I will accuse you of racism. It's a great grift. It's worked well for him for decades. But he had no business being here. This was this soiled things in my mind. He's toxic. He's a he's a he's he doesn't care about Tyree no, Nichols. He doesn't not. give a damn. He's the most disappointed person that there that there were no white cops. He wished he prayed. He begged. He wanted what a white cop, two white cops. Then he could have cashed in but he didn't, it didn't, he didn't hesitate to make it about race. It was disgusting. Okay. That's, that's what, that's what you turned your son's funeral into Rovan and Rodney, a disgusting display display of hate and division and racism from one of the worst race hustlers we've ever seen, perhaps the worst, but let's listen to a little bit of the reverend, the reverend, I mean, honest to God, the, the idea, that, that, that he's a reverend a man of the cloth there's lots of phonies out there we know you know bill clinton didn't actually pray He doesn't we know joe biden's not a devout catholic like Hell, he we know donald,
2: catholic yeah we know
0: donald trump doesn't really go to church and pray no, hell no. there's a lot of posers but is there a bigger poser than al sharp and a guy who he doesn't believe in god he doesn't have any real real beliefs he's a hustler all he believes in is making money and dividing people and 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 creating racism and division where
2: there is none, but Uh,
0: we'll we'll get to Al.
2: But what about Bishop Swan? Have you are you familiar with his work? uh, No. Well, probably I've probably
0: seen him, but uh, I don't care about Bishop Swan. I care about Reverend Al. Let's get to Reverend Al. This is on the altar, on the podium, uh, as these people are allegedly grieving the loss of Tyree Nichols, and listen to the garbage he spews in the church. Go ahead
1: understand how are they going to keep crime down in the black community and at the same time not be tough and rough well they do it the same way they do it on the white side of Memphis and they keep the crime down without being rough and tough how do you have the same department and keep crime down on one side of town Without beating folk to death But you can't do it on the other side of town Unless you feel that you can get away with it there. I I Can't speak for everybody in Memphis. I can't speak for everybody gathering but for me I believe that that man
2: That doesn't even make sense. Yeah, he's okay, just flaming. Well, what, happened? what happened? What happened?
0: Where's the Where's the audio? You can't do this to me. Can you just let That was it, the one you guys it? put in the. That's the one you okay. put in there, Jay. Okay, I put in there. That is. <laughs> okay, we will, we'll do it in post. After we're done here, you will find the right L Sharpton audio. It's about a minute, minute and a half, and play it. Okay, can you do that for me? I'm, hey, you put it in there, I play it. Okay, I don't ask I questions.
2: It. I'll put the right one. I'll find the right one. I'll Excellent. independently find, we'll find it. the right one.
0: Uh, but he goes off on uh, the cops because they don't do that in the white neighborhoods. Can we just review this again? Because this is driving me crazy. And uh, I mean, it's not just Sharpton. It's all the the it's all the people in the media in on the left who are just really disappointed that they can't use this. They're shoehorning it in. I mean, listen. This is Joe Scarborough yesterday, I believe. He says, no police officer would have done this to me when I was 29 years old in a middle-class white neighborhood. They wouldn't have dared because they knew if they did, if they beat the hell out of a 29-year-old middle-class white guy, that hell would rain down from above. All right. Tell me what happened here in this instant, joke Scarborough, uh, on January 4th in Memphis. Cops went, they crossed the line, they committed crimes they beat a guy. He died. What happened? They got fired. All five of them. They got arrested. They got charged with murder, and kidnapping, and a number of other things. Uh, what what would be the difference if they beat twenty nine year old Joe Scarborough to death? Well, one thing people would be they wouldn't be nearly as upset because uh, <laughs> Scarborough is just such a it's just such a dink. But what would be the difference? I I would hope they would charge them. They would fire them, charge them, arrest them, put them in jail, try them, and convict them. What, what are they asking for is what I don't understand. What is Sharpton and Joe Scarborough and so many others asking for? The law is being followed. The system is working. These bad cops are being have been arrested. They're going to be tried, and they're probably going to be convicted. So help me out here. What am I missing? What is it that these people... Sharpton and Crump and Scarborough and so many others we went through the names Jamel Hill and Vanjo. what what would you like to have happened exactly I mean you want to put up against the wall and shot the cops I mean would that make you happy I'm, I'm you know I'm willing to listen if that's you want to have a real quick trial then hang him fine but what he didn't they didn't get away with it you know this isn't this isn't Rodney King they didn't get acquitted there's not even any debate about it. Nobody's defending them. Nobody. There is no extenuating circumstance that people are exploring here, discussing, expounding on, and saying, "Maybe Tyree Nichols did X, which led them to this point where they crossed the line and killed him." Nobody is doing that. Everybody is disgusted. Everybody is sickened by this. So, what good does it do to bring in an Al Sharpton and start talking about? They don't get rough and tough in the white neighborhood. You know where they get rough and tough? You know where they where they spend most of their time in the places where the crimes are.
2: committed. Yeah, that that I don't want to say that, but pretty. (laughs)
0: Let me check the race of each house before I go into this neighborhood. (laughs) They go into the neighborhoods where they're called to fight crime. I, I don't understand. They're supposed to say, well, we just arrested a guy in this neighborhood. Now let's get to the white neighborhood to keep things even. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe, you know, we beat a guy up in the black neighborhood. Let's go to the white neighborhood and beat someone up. Is that how you want it to work, Al Sharpton? Because the people in these communities, they like cops. They're the law-abiding people, they want cops. They don't want to defend them. They don't want to. They don't want to demonize them. They want to work with them. They want them there to protect them, keep them safe. So if they go into the black neighborhoods and they see a criminal and they arrest them, are they supposed to then say, "Oh, we got a black." We got someone in the black neighborhood.
2: Let's Gotta even to it out. Yeah, I got a level of score.
0: You go where the crime is committed. I, you know, I'm not a cop. I've never been a cop, but I just think that is probably their approach in every community. Where are the crimes being committed? The people in that community probably liked the fact that these cops were there. They didn't want them to cross the line and kill a guy. Nobody did, but the fact that they were there is supposed to be some disparate uh, treatment where they're only going to go there and beat up black guys. It's just insane. And again, they want this to work. They want this to fit their narrative. It didn't, it hasn't. And they will just continue to shoehorn it in. You listen to them talk about the systemic problem in the, in the police force Well, you have a black uh, police chief, black woman, diversity hire had no business being there. Why don't you call her out? Why don't you call out the system that forced the Memphis PD to hire bad cops? Because that's what they did. Four of the five had records. I have the whole thing here. There's a, it's a good piece, believe it or not, on NPR about how all uh, four of the five, they got their old, their, their records, all their uh, violations, suspensions. I mean, it's, it's stuff like, uh, you know, crashed the cruiser when he was speeding and, A guy, uh, one of the cops made an arrest, took two suspects into custody and then later found a gun in the back seat, which he should have searched and found them on. He gets suspended for like a week or something. There's all kinds of issues in the past for these four cops, but they were forced to hire bad cops and pay them $15,000 signing bonuses because of BLM and defund the police and Al Sharpton and Ben Crump and Joe Scarborough. Who demanded reform. Shopton was screaming about uh qualified immunity on the altar at a funeral, qualified immunity, which should make which would really uh create a a a, a uh, vacancy in police departments. I mean that that that'll scare more people away, war cops away, which would mean they could get personally sued if they're in a pursuit of a of a criminal and they hit some guy in the cross. They get sued personally. They get bankrupted personally. It's insane. But that's what these lunatics, that's what Ayanna Presley and Al sharpton that's what they want. They want to do anything they can to blame cops, to stigmatize them, to make it more difficult to do their job. And then you have a lack of officers on the force and they're forced to hire guys like this one of these cops who was a prison guard and was beating up prisoners. And now he's a cop beating up suspects. That's what you get. It's your fault, Al Sharpton. It's your fault, Ben Crump. And your fault, I hate to say it, but uh, Rovan Wells, I'm sorry. You had you, bad call, bad move. What, what she, was she sitting there listening to this and saying, yeah, this is appropriate? This is an appropriate way to send my son off? Just blows my mind. But I had to get that off my chest because I looked at this and said, I can't think of anyone I would I would want less. I, I, I mean, I would have someone stop at the door, say, you're not invited. You didn't know my son. This isn't about you. This isn't about you screaming your usual bile. We don't want that here. Maybe another day. Not today. Today's about my son. But no, it wasn't about Tyree Nichols. It was about Al Sharpton and his, his uh, crusade and Ben Crump
2: and his grift. It's disgusting. But. So Jerry, you know what's dangerous about that, too? Is it like the clip we played, uh, whether it's the right one or wrong one? His cadence when Sharpton speaks is what gets people. He could be saying anything. And the way he speaks, he's good at what he does. You see people behind him. But they're not shaking their head. They don't look confused. Yeah. They look angered. They look moved. He's good at what he does. So he's up there spewing nonsense. But people are leaving there angry and just uh, not focusing on what's really right and wrong. So he's dangerous. He knows what he's doing.
0: If you want to do that another day, that's one thing. But this should have been about Tyree from all, all, yeah. from all we gather. He was a good father. He was a good guy, good son, hard worker. You go over all that, and and you remember him, and you got a whatever picture of him there, a video. You, you bring this thing in and make it a rally, a rally to divide. That's what it mm-hmm. is, to divide, to 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 attack the cops, to make it about race when it wasn't about race. Everybody agreed. These are all bad cops, all black guys, and they're bad guys. And suddenly it's about how they don't do that in the white neighborhood. Well, if they did, you know what he would do? If they did, he'd defend them. If five black cops beat a white guy to death, Al Sharpton would defend the cops. He doesn't care about cops. He, he He doesn't care about police reform. He cares about race it's all it does. it works for him it, that's how he makes his living that's how he made his yeah. name that's why he's famous and rich and on morning joe because he has managed he's made a career out of uh, out of fanning the flames and 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 creating division and blackmailing and 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 intimidating people into handing over money and, and inviting him to funerals. Disgusting. But at least, you know, it could be one day in and out because he has a private jet. So he's probably back on with the morning Joe this morning. All right, we got to move. We got so much more to get to. Uh, I want to get to the, uh, the search. I don't know why they're using that word, the search of the Biden beach house, which was, uh, let's see, 91 days after they found classified documents at Biden's Penn biden center office which is funded by the chinese communist party three months after they found stolen classified documents in his possession they raided his beach raided searched his beach <laughs> house and his his lawyer this creep with the shaved head Ian, some this this lawyer said it was consensual a consensual search
1: you Not
2: of
0: a criminal probe where they're uh, where they're, they're they're cooperating with the suspect and they searched two weeks after biden spent the weekend there so i mean even biden he's got help he's got aides and assistants and and servants would be like hey let's look around make sure we don't leave any classified documents they're probably going to search they do search and lo and behold they find nothing hard to believe two weeks after he was there three months after he knew they were looking for classified documents They searched and found nothing. It's the this is just the latest example of our two tier justice system. They raid Trump's home with 30 federal agents, guns drawn at dawn. Uh, Biden, they tell him, you know, why don't we go in together and look for stolen classified documents? And I'm and and I know uh, I I know the FBI works for Joe Biden. They work for him even when he wasn't president. I know. They're on his team. I know they don't want to cause him any trouble. But I can feel the drip, drip, drip. And I will tell you why. Because the contents of the stolen documents are what the story's about now. The contents. And we believe at least some of them are about Ukraine. And as we mentioned last week, uh, it certainly seems like Hunter Biden has had a look at some of these documents because he had he had some really insightful Knowledge about the uh, Ukraine situation uh, as he was trying to make money over there, and uh, uh, Hunter Biden is such a scumbag. And we get the latest from Hunter. We'll get to that too. Hunter. We'll get to page one of the New York Post, which sums it up beautifully. Uh, And and I also we also have good Trump, bad Trump. That's going to be a new regular segment: good Trump, bad Trump. And one day, Trump can make you love him again, and one day he can make you just just disgusted and, and, and laugh at him. And that's what he did yesterday. And we got uh, um, more on the retirement of Tom Brady. Mike Francesa, they took him out of mothballs. Uh, he got, I think he got new teeth. They don't quite fit. I hate to break it to Mike. And he went on uh, ESPN to say, that, to say that Tom Brady's not the best quarterback ever. Utterly ridiculous and absurd. But we will get to that. But first... Are the Biden administration's New Year's goals of tax and spend and turn a blind eye to inflation at odds with your goals of securing your savings? When you've finally had enough of the games government is playing with your savings in retirement, diversify into gold with Birch Gold. I know I'm tired of my money being impacted by stupid decisions by leaders in Washington. For over 5,000 years, gold has withstood inflation, geopolitical turmoil, and stock market crashes. And here's the great news. You can still get it. In fact, you can own gold and silver and a tax-sheltered retirement account. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or a 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text the code word Jerry G-E-R-R-Y, to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold. With almost 20 years experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metals IRAs, Birch Gold can help you. Protect yourself with gold today by texting Jerry to the number 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews. Secure your future with gold. Start today with a free info kit. There's zero obligation to make this request. Just text Jerry to 989898. I I, I want to do this. I want to do this Hunter thing because, obviously, this is the best example of... Uh, media dishonesty corruption you will ever find the coverage of hunter biden it goes back two years to when they lied and said the laptop wasn't real and everyone knew it was real and they got all these deep state scumbags to say it was russian disinformation and the media the mainstream media parroted that lie well you know what happened yesterday do you realize what happened yesterday uh montante hunter biden admitted the laptop was his he admitted Jocker. in his own twisted Hunter Biden way that the laptop was his two and a half years after everybody knew it was his and everybody on his side, on his team, uh, uh, disseminated the lie that it could be Russian disinformation. He finally admitted that the laptop was his. This is in the uh, New York Post this morning. It's on page one. Um First son, Hunter Biden's lawyers, admitted late Wednesday that the infamous laptop that the now 52-year-old abandoned at a Delaware computer repair shop uh, does indeed belong to him. The revelations came in a petulant letter from Hunter's lawyers seeking a criminal probe into what they called the attempts to weaponize its contents. Uh, In a 14-page letter to the Delaware attorney general, uh, Biden's attorney claimed the repair shop owner, John Paul Mac Isaac, unlawfully accessed Hunter's laptop data and worked with former President Donald Trump's personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, to weaponize sordid and incriminated contents of it against Joe Biden. This failed dirty political trick directly resulted in the exposure, exploitation and manipulation of Mr. Biden's private and personal information, his lawyer wrote. So here's what happened. This, this is, this is the, the, the truth. He admitted it's his, that's the big story. That's the takeaway. Now go to any mainstream media outlet and their, their take is Hunter's lawyers go on the offensive. Hunter's lawyers are threatening legal action against the repair shop owner, Rudy Giuliani. The takeaway is the headline is he just admitted it's his, everything's real but they don't see it that way because they're in cover-up mode. They're there to help. The mainstream media exists to help the Biden administration with all their troubles. And you want to hear something else that kind of went under the radar? This was uh, more revelations from Laptop, which I hadn't heard about. This was earlier this week in the uh, uh, the Daily Mail has it. Hunter Biden threatened one of his cash straps young female staffers with withholding her pay if she didn't FaceTime him for sex. Jesus. A shocking text between Hunter and his young assistant, she was 29, he was 52 at the (laughs) time, show Hunter asking for video sex sessions and sending her cash via Apple Pay after she pleaded that she was struggling to make rent. She worked as his assistant at his law firm in 2018 and 2019. (laughs) She's the fourth employee of the firm known to have sex with him and he didn't pay her. She's broke. She can't pay a rent. And he says, I'll pay you if you have phone sex or FaceTime sex with me. Now I remember I'm old enough to remember the me too era. I don't know. I was just, you know, I was just about
2: to say that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I,
0: you know, I remember when, you know, uh, Matt Lauer got fired for mm. forcing himself on interns and Charlie Rose uh, was opening his robe and, and derobing in front of uh, co-workers and Harvey Weinstein remember him yes. yeah forcing himself on actresses who wanted to work in the movies this is the president's son forcing yeah. his assistant to have sex or he won't pay her you think that's a story I mean I'm I've only been in journalism and the media for I don't know 30 years. Sounds like a story to me. It sounds like a kind of an interesting story, a juicy story. He is the single biggest scumbag walking planet Earth. He's Smartest just what a
2: guy he knows.
0: He's just so vile. I mean, you got to read the story. On and on it goes about him forcing her to have sex with him in order to get paid what she what she's owed because she can't pay her rent. And by the way, this uh you want to look at some of the video. On the laptop, it's all out there now. There's all kinds of compilations. Some of the girls in the video look like they're 14 years old. Yeah. I'm not sure when that story comes out in in all its glory, but some of his escorts look like children. Now, I know in that family that's not necessarily uh verbotin. We know yeah. his father showered with his sister when she was a teen. That's on the on the diary. The problem they have is these revelations come from the most reliable sources themselves. You know, mm-hmm. Hunter Biden is writing this; is
2: videotaping. Documents everything. He's his own worst enemy.
0: There's no sources here. There's no sources said. There's no third man. There's no anybody reporting. You know, speculating or hearsay. It's him. Same with him. Ashley Biden, Joe Biden's daughter. It was her own diary. Where do you find a more reliable source than somebody writing in their diary? or chronicling things on their laptop. These are impeccable sources and the media can't stand that because they want to discredit it, but you can't. It just the story is incredible and today the media is going to spin it as as Hunter Biden going on the offensive. He's got no case. The the laptops were abandoned. It's in it's in the uh, the rules there at the uh, the the conditions at the repair shop. If you abandon your property, he takes ownership. He owned it, and by the way, he tried to give it to the FBI, and they did nothing with it. And then he turned to Rudy Giuliani. They got no one to blame except this scumbag crackhead son of the uh, the president, who's this just the worst person in the world. He's the smartest man Joe Biden knows, yep. but he's the biggest scumbag. And the more you read, it was just he was using everybody and and stealing from everybody. He would sell out his country in a heartbeat. That's what that's the biggest difference in the Trump and the Biden uh, classified documents scandals is Hunter Biden didn't have access to the ones at Mar-a-Lago. He had access. He had relationships in China and Ukraine and Russia, and he had access to classified documents. That's why they're classified. That's why you can't take them out of the skiff. Because you can't allow someone like Hunter, who is the most compromised person in America, access to them. That's why Joe Biden's scandal is much, much worse
2: than uh, Donald Trump's. But you, Do you I, think other countries might have their paws on that and might be using it as leverage? I mean, it, it's, so, it's so damaging it, how much blackmail they have against us right now and why we're acting the way we are.
0: It, it, is, it is amazing. You just couldn't find someone more compromised or more venal. This guy will do anything for money. He, he was a, a crackhead, a cokehead. He needed money. He spent money, lots and lots of money. So he was always looking for a, a scam. He was always looking for an angle. If he could have access to classified documents for which the Chinese or Ukraine would pay, he would do it in a heartbeat. He wouldn't care if it compromised this country. That's why this is so serious. That's why they're in full cover-up mode, because they can't allow the, and the FBI would never do this, but they can't allow the Republican Congress to tie these classified documents to Hunter Biden's dirty business dealings. When that happens, then the stuff hits the fan and then the media is going to really have to work overtime to cover it up. But all right, let's get to uh, Trump. This doesn't involve any classified documents, I don't think. But we got good Trump and bad Trump again today. A couple of days ago, he made a little speech, a video where he kind of laid out he's, you know, he's in campaign mode already, not doesn't have his uh, pedal to the metal yet, but he's in campaign mode. And I think we might have an issue that will be the wall, the build the wall of, you know, 2016, which essentially put him in the white house. It resonated. Mm -hmm. People loved it. They chanted it. They wanted a wall. Now we see why as Joe Biden opens the border, (laughs) we need a wall and i think everybody at this point every reasonable person agrees we need a wall uh it was a good idea the day joe Biden took office he stopped building the wall and then we saw the the invasion but uh it worked for him and he knows it i think he might have stumbled across an issue that will resonate with republicans because there's really no argument against it it's the transgender issue it's become it's in the forefront now. We've talked about it many times. Uh, I think we were ahead of the curve on this one, uh, but certain people are, are heroically fighting this battle and putting it in the mainstream. Uh, we've gone, you know, we've talked to our friend Billboard Chris and Chris Rufo and Matt Walsh and lives of TikTok have kind of put this in, in, made this the 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 battle, the preeminent battle in the culture war, and it's a winning battle. It's a winning strategy. Most people don't like the idea of doctors performing sex change surgeries on children. They don't like the idea of doctors removing the healthy breasts of young girls who are confused about their gender. At least they would say any reasonable rational person would say, wait, give them a few years. Let's see what happens. Even, you know, even there's, there's a organization called gays against groomers, gay people who find this reprehensible and are fighting alongside uh, Matt Walsh and libs of TikTok. So I think it's going to be an issue in the presidential campaign and Trump is trying to get out ahead of it. I think he got some good advice for a change on this one. But do we have him talking about this the other day because he, he follows the script. He doesn't go off script much, which is always a good idea. And he doesn't attack any of his fellow Republicans yet. But I think we're going to hear a lot more of this. Let's uh, yeah, let's, hear let,
2: it. let's get to it. it's a long. He starts off hot though.
1: The left-wing gender insanity being pushed on our children is an act of child abuse. Very simple. Here's my plan to stop the chemical, physical, and emotional mutilation of our youth. On day one, I will revoke Joe Biden's cruel policies on so-called gender-affirming care. Ridiculous, a process that includes giving kids puberty blockers, mutating their physical appearance, and ultimately performing surgery on minor children. Can you believe this? I will sign a new executive order instructing every federal agency to cease all programs that promote the concept of sex and gender transition at any age. I will then ask Congress to permanently stop federal taxpayer dollars from being used to promote or pay for these procedures and pass a law prohibiting child sexual mutilation in all 50 states. It will go very quickly. I will declare that any hospital or health care provider that participates in the chemical or physical mutilation of minor youth will no longer meet federal health and safety standards for Medicaid and Medicare. And we'll be.
2: So how much more are you? He, that's pretty much. He that's good. Yeah, about that's good. It. That's
0: good. Trump. He sticks to the. He could tell he uh, injected a few little ad libs like, can you believe it? But <laughs> That's a good idea. Somebody gave him good advice. That's going to be an issue in the campaign. Unfortunately for him, I don't think any Republicans going to disagree with it. And the Democrats will. But again, winning issue. Democrats are going to have yeah. to defend uh, mutilating, or as he said, mutating. <laughs> <laughs> I think he screwed uh, that word up, but yeah, we speak you're gonna Trump. have to defend uh, removing healthy body parts from children because they're confused, and they're confused because adults, teachers, community yep. leaders, sometimes parents confuse them. It's a it's uh, yep, yep. it's a good a good plan, Donald Trump. That's good Trump. Now we'll get to bad Trump again because this is just so stupid. I can't. <laughs> I, I I hear that speech and I say he's got he's getting some good advice on that day. He's getting some good advice. And then he comes up with a truth social. I guess when he's doing his posts, he's on his own. There's nobody's, you know, telling him what to say and no one's writing a speech for him. But he comes up with a uh, he posts the truth. Someone wrote to him on truth social. They said, "President Trump will destroy DeSantis in the primary." Trump responds, "Thank you. The real Ron is a rhino globalist who closed quickly down who closed quickly down Florida and even its beaches loved the vaccines and wasted big money on testing how quickly people forget. Okay I could do I could do an hour on that. That's just so dumb. That's just so stupid. He's attacking Ron DeSantis because Ron DeSantis quote love the vaccines. You think you're gonna win that argument Donald you invented the vaccine essentially warp speed was your thing. You were all about vaccines in your final couple of months. And I understood we thought the vaccines were going to work. Not your fault. I understood. But you think you're going to debate who was more committed to vaccines against Ron DeSantis and you're going to win that debate? By the way, he didn't close beaches. He didn't shut down Florida. He didn't do any of those things until the federal government forced him, essentially, and scared him the way they did many other governors. But he was excellent during covid you want to debate covid with ron DeSantis? you're gonna lose donald you're gonna lose and you're gonna blame him for loving vaccines (laughs) what who told him that's good did he forget if this was joe biden you would assume he forgot he didn't realize that he's the one he was the driving force behind warp speed who invented the vaccine in record time and then experimented on us on america there were no trials nobody knew if it would work so they just said Let's get it out quick and experiment on 200 million Americans. That's how it worked. That's on you, Donald. You might want to avoid that topic when you start debating Ron DeSantis. But I guess he thinks he can whatever talk his way out of rally his way out of these things. But I would avoid I would avoid vaccine talks when you're debating DeSantis, Donald. But all right, let's get to uh, I want to get to the Megyn Kelly uh, riff rant. Because nobody has made speaking of uh, the transgender craze, nobody's made a better argument uh, against it than Megyn Kelly did this week. We'll get to that, but let's get to Francesa. Let me uh, actually let me do Shay, and then we're going to get to Francesa because I heard Montante that you were uh, going to take his side, Mike Francesa.
2: Of course, yeah, get- he. He he well, he started off, and I think everyone made a face. What the hell are you talking about? Then he explains it, and it kind of reminds you why he's one of the better sport minds. Although he's a thousand years old, I, I,
0: I've never heard anyone sound more washed up, more stuck in, you know, stuck in night uh, two thousand and seven, and or generous. whatever. than uh, than Mike Francesa. Plus, I gotta break it to him. I think they put the wrong teeth in. I think the teeth don't quite fit. And he's struggling to just articulate. I'll never. I've never got this Francesa thing, and this is good uh example why but first well it's the dead of winter but that doesn't slow down Shea concrete they got a huge selection of precast concrete steps ready to be installed at your home if you're building a new home and remodeling and replacing an old staircase Shea has great values entrance. Go to Shayconcrete.com to learn more. Also, you can go there and look for a job. Right now, Shea is hiring. They've got between 15 to 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people with all different types of skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. All right. As we know, uh, Tom Brady retired yesterday. I don't know if you heard Tom Brady retired. I was just on uh, Newsmax this morning uh, with my friend Rob Finity, former uh, EEI guy. Does a great job in the mornings. And uh, so I go on to talk about Brady, and he says, uh, you know, the usual stuff. John Brady was great and all. He says, I heard your podcast yesterday, and you were on with uh, your old partner, Kirk Minahan, and he wouldn't put him in the top 15? <laughs> I said, I think Kirk was just yanking your chain there, uh, Rob. He was, uh, it was tongue-in-cheek. Kirk knows. Everybody knows. Uh, uh, Tom Brady is the greatest ever. I think he's the greatest team athlete in American history. I think he won more titles than Michael Jordan in a, in a league where it's tougher to win titles. I think everything, I I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. Everything uh, leads you to believe that the debate ended years ago. Tom Brady's the best ever, the best NFL player ever. There really is no debate. I've said it before that for years in my profession, sports talk radio, we fall, we fell back on the QB debate, like almost daily. For years, it was always, you always get calls. You always could take mm-hmm. two different sides. Everybody knows quarterbacks, even though it was a casual sports fan, has an opinion on whether you know Dan Marino was better than John Elway or Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, whatever. Everybody has a take. So it was a real reliable topic. And for years, it was, uh, like I said, you had Montana, Marino, Elway. I used to think it was Marino. Then Elway went out and won a couple Super Bowls. And I went with Elway. Um, then it was obviously Brady and Manning. And initially I said, Manning's better. And then Brady just kept winning. Brady became a prolific passer who set records, who threw 50 touchdown passes, who led the league in yards. And so you couldn't make the case that he was a system quarterback anymore. And Brady just did it all. He put up great numbers. He won titles and he, he never ever got hurt. So I don't know how long ago it was, probably whatever, seven, eight, ten years ago. The debate was over. He ruined talk radio in a way. You couldn't do this debate anymore. It wasn't possible. Even if you were just hated Brady or hated the Patriots and just wanted to be devil's advocate, you couldn't do it. It wasn't possible. So out of mothballs yesterday, ESPN brings Mike and the Mad Dog back together and they put them on with Stephen A. Smith in, in first take. And I'm thinking, and initially, Francesa and Mad Dog were complaining because Brady stole their thunder. This was a big day. Mm -hmm. They were going to get back together and debate whatever. LeBron, I don't know what they were going to talk about. So Brady breaks the news in the morning. It becomes the only topic that anyone's talking about. And Francesa comes on for real and starts talking about how we wouldn't take Brady uh, in the big game, in a Super Bowl, wouldn't take Brady for a regular season because Manning's better. And just sounded like he looked like and sounded like someone out of I don't know what year you, this was
2: a real debate. Two thousand, 2000, yeah, two thousand three, two thousand four. Two thousand
0: three, four. By the way, he says Brady didn't start off strong. Brady won three Super Bowls in his first four years, I believe. Not bad. <laughs> didn't start strong. <laughs> let's listen and to and if you're watching along, let's watch Mike Francesa struggle to uh, speak with those big choppers. You know, I I always wonder if you get those teeth and we see them, some people get them, Rex Ryan has them, Joe Biden has them. Shouldn't you get them a little less white when they're that white and that shiny, they just look like, you look like uh, Matt Dillon. (laughs) uh, Something about Mary. You just look like you're struggling to, to, they just don't fit. But anyway, I don't want to get distracted by the teeth. Let's listen to this idiotic. Uh, take on Brady and where he ranks
2: After the lady had a terrible body, he took him time to do it. Now, I'm going to throw a little, you know, oil on the uh, ceremony. Okay. He's not the best regular season quarterback I've ever seen, Peyton Manning was. He's not the best Super Bowl quarterback who ever lived, Joe Montana is.
1: What he is, though, Mm. is the guy who played the longest, And he won the most games. He won the most Super Bowls. So he will be remembered because nobody's going to play 23 years.
2: And nobody's probably ever going to have a chance to win that many Super Bowls. It's almost impossible to do. He was in the right place with the right coach. And he was that competitive. But let me say this. In the Super Bowl, just take the Super Bowl performances. Nobody ever has competed on the level Joe Montana competed on. Not even close.
0: Joe Montana. Uh, Joe Montana won four Super Bowls. We know that didn't throw a pick. Brady won seven. Seven. Uh, that's not close. That's not, you know, that's that's a, a big difference. And you, by the way, I just looked this up. Everyone says Joe Montana didn't throw a pick in four Super Bowls. Do you know how many times Brady played in the Super Bowl and didn't throw a pick? Five. Uh, so he even, even has more Super Bowls without interceptions than, than Joe Montana does. But the idea that a guy who won and and uh get the um he, he one game he won whatever it is. I get the records all here. He won, I don't know, two hundred more games than this guy than than uh uh
2: well, Fra- what Frances is saying if you're gonna if you're gonna magically wake up one morning and you're in the Super Bowl, he's going Joe Montana over Tom Brady simply because he's never lost. That's that's uh yeah. Ta- That's the by the guy. way, right place
0: in the right time. You know what? Playing for Bill Walsh in San Francisco, playing with Jerry Rice. <laughs> he, I was at the right place. Uh, yeah. Tom Brady has 88 career playoff touchdowns. Uh, Joe Montana has 45. Uh, Brady has 35 career playoff wins, um, which uh, Brady has 18 play, 18 career playoff wins from 25 to 36, age 25 to 36 and 17 after the age of 37. Montana had 16 playoff wins. Brady had more playoff wins than Montana after he turned 37.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh, Montana didn't have access to uh, Guerrero to keep him playing at an old age. Oh, so you gotta, he got not get history. massages. You, 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 get give massages. Monta- you give Joe Montana Guerrero, he's still playing. Brady
0: has 13,400 career uh, postseason passing yards. Yeah. Um, more than six thousand, more than the second Manning's second most with 7,300. 7, he has six thousand more playoff yards than Manning, and like a million more than than uh, Montana. Montana's not even in the conversation. The idea Joe that Montana, Montana never won.
2: lost Joe Joe Montana never lost to Mark Sanchez in the playoffs.
0: Well, you know what? If you say he never lost the Super Bowl, that's great. He won four. Brady played in uh-huh. ten and won seven. When you play in ten. That's better than playing in four. When you win seven, that's better than winning four. What's Brady a was a better, better season quarterback than anyone, and a better playoff quarterback than anyone. And Francesa is just trying
2: to—I
0: no. don't know—just trying to stir it up. But he sounds idiotic, and so do you if you agree with him.
2: Well, what's a higher percentage, Jerry? You're, you're a numbers guy, right? You want to you want to uh, UMass. Uh, proud alumni 100% or 70% what's the higher what's the higher oh, so
0: you're saying Trent Dilfer's a better uh, Super Bowl quarterback than Tom Brady because he won 100% of his 100%. Super Bowl.
2: you know what by this logic yeah you're right I agree with you you're helping yeah, that an well, argument
0: here you and Kirk think Trent Dilfer's a better quarterback <laughs> in <the Super> Bowl, <laughs> just in the Super
2: Bowl just in the Super Bowl
0: just in the Super Bowl Super yeah. Bowls are why they play and Brady won by far the most and he won it with two different teams and two different coaches and uh the debate ended years ago. This sounds like someone who just, you know, who was like in a right. coma. This was a, like a Rip Van Winkle thing. He just woke up from 2003. Uh, Brady didn't start good.
2: He didn't have a good it's, body. Is oh, you there mean
0: Peyton that, Manning
2: had a good body, you idiot. Is there anything that, uh, that Belichick could do um, now that Brady's retired to bring back the argument who was more – important to the, uh, those super bowls who has better uh, you like know you that argument ended too because he went what to if Tampa what if What if billy gets two or more what if belichick gets two more in the next five okay. years <laughs>
0: that's not going to happen but yes no, I'm not closing the
2: saying, door on it.
0: you've seen you've seen his record without brady it's whatever it is 46 <laughs> and 50 something 58 he has a losing record uh you know he's 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 a great coach the greatest ever but he had the fort- He had the great, good fortune of having the best quarterback, the best player ever. By the way, one of the most interesting stats from this guy Tucker Boynton, He's he does stats. Uh, let me find it here. Brady never took a snap, where his player, where his team was out of
2: the playoffs, where his team had no chance to win. Oh, were there mathematically eliminated? Yeah, math- I'm
0: sorry, mathematically eliminated. That's never a took a pretty
2: snap. impressive fifteen.
0: Thing that- I'll get the number like fifteen thousand snaps in his career never took a meaningless snap that's something i don't think you know princess wouldn't even understand that but <laughs> you know what they, we, my guys my guys uh, always talk about having a reunion Dennis and callahan reunion and we talk about it and i said just tell me when to show up i'll do it uh ours will be better than that one ours that 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 was awkward and disjointed and i don't even know why why you need stephen a smith and molly what's her face yeah, why do you even too need much you molly know? querum why don't you why don't you just have um, Mike and the Mad Dog do their thing? I mean, they did it a million times, and uh, I don't even know what does is, what is, uh Francesca do now? I know Mad Dog's all over the place. He had Francesca...
2: he had that one big uh, contract for his podcast where he was going to talk politics and sports. That lasted like seven episodes that not many people listened really? to. Yeah, he was supposed to talk more than just sports, like politics and stuff. He literally did a handful of shows. I don't think anybody listened to it. He re- he gave some pretty. Plain Jane Vanilla political takes. He's supposed to be this like right wing guy. He was. I don't know. I, I I don't get Francesa, but he. I think it was the right time for him. He kind of uh came through at the right time, and um, people remember him based off legacy, similar to Brady. So I don't. Uh, I don't yeah. really get it. Yeah, the, take, the he was right yesterday. He was right yesterday.
0: This is the number from uh, Tucker Boynton. He retires never having taken a snap when his team was mathematically eliminated, including the postseason. That's fifteen thousand nine hundred and six snaps. Each with the possibility and the end goal of winning a Super Bowl. That's it
2: would uh, be pretty. It would be pretty tough to be mathematically eliminated in the postseason already. <laughs> Good point uh, by I, you. Yeah, but
0: but uh, <laughs> but it's just one. I mean, the list of superlatives is just extraordinary, and there's no debate. He ruined it for all of us. We can't have that debate anymore. Now we can do LeBron versus Michael Jordan. Let me just say that's not a debate either. Michael Jordan MJ.
2: wins. But, correct.
0: MJ wins six and zero oh in the finals. Six MVP. Oh, Finals MVPs, ten scoring titles, not a debate. All right, before we go, before we go, I want to play this Megan Kelly thing on her show. I guess she was talking about the transgender issue, and he was talking about a guy. And these stories—they're out there every day. There's another one, a guy. I just—I just tweeted a, a video of a guy taking a leak in the women's bathroom, yeah. I think and they're trying work. to kick him out. He's just a normal-looking guy, and he just looks around and says, "You can't tell me I'm not transgender. I'm transgender." Oh, Pandora's box is open, baby. Play with it. You, you, what are they going to tell you? Great point. I mean, what can they? What can they do? I'm transgender. I had to go. And anyway, right? Megan rules. Meg, Kelly was talking about a guy. I'm not sure if it was that Dylan guy that's had all this surgery, and the one that went to the White House pretending to be a girl.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, but
0: it was somebody, and he was talking Dylan about Mulvaney.
2: She, she he was that. What was it? Dylan, Dylan Mulvaney,
0: uh, and going to the gynecologist. So we've reached the point <laughs> where men are talking about their. Gyne- OBGYN appointments, and it set off Megan Kelly. Let's listen.
3: Why is it making my blood boil that Kristen claims oh, to have a gynecologist? I, I, I really like it's making my blood boil. And I, it's, I'm having like a real reaction to it in a way I actually didn't expect. And I'm thinking it through live. And part of it is. I just actually went to the gynecologist. Actual women have to go to the gynecologist once a year. When you just delivered a baby, you spend your life in with your gynecologist, your OBGYN. And it's never particularly pleasant to go see the gynecologist. The exam doesn't feel particularly good. The pap smear is very uncomfortable. No one looks forward to that. We actually have things we need to worry about, like ovarian cancer or other kinds of cancers that you can get in the OBGYN field. Um, you you have to get a breast exam. You're constantly worrying whether they're going to find a lump and how that could go. There are things that are particular to that exam and that relationship that no fucking man is ever going to have. All right. So that guy doesn't have a gynecologist. That guy has a hole that a surgeon created at best. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's like infuriating to me because there are things that make women special. Yeah. And there are things that We've overcome, and that we must overcome as women in order to thrive in, the, in this life. Whether it's the threat of sexual violence,
2: or that's that's pretty much it. But yeah, she gets fired up. You can see the the female in the, the middle is like shocked by oh, this uh, why, outrage. Why are
0: you why are you cutting her off? Because she gets
2: into like you want to hear the rest because, of the clip. It's about it's yes, it's, it's it's good. It's, it's only another thirty seconds. I, I think you it's know, being attacked. I'm respecting the clock. I've clock integrity. We'll play that. We oh, walk sorry. home
3: from college bars to our dorms, or. The, the fears that you have when you go to the gynecologist or when you are pregnant with a baby, all those things, they're baked in and it's part of what makes women so incredible and strong. And you can't just become one and take all of our things because you did or did not have a surgery or you put on a dress. its It doesn't work like <laughs> That's that.
2: That's better. I didn't know that. Okay. All right. Yeah, no, yeah, you're uh, right. It, it finishes sh- the bang. That that was
0: excellent. It's that's what we need, and and get ready. Uh, it's going to be a huge issue in twenty twenty four, and a winning issue for Republicans, and a losing issue for uh, Democrats who support surgeries for children and puberty blockers for children. It should have been an issue years ago. Finally, it is. It's a good issue. Keep it coming. I'm I'm looking forward to the fight in twenty over the next couple of years. But uh, we got to leave it there. Uh, you're not. You're gone, right? You're done. Ironheads That's back it. tomorrow.
2: You you get your little redheaded uh, angels back tomorrow. <laughs> oh, um, great. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully we get by for these last three days. But maybe maybe I'll pop on what next Friday. Do a, yes, a, so I final need
0: football. Everybody is waiting for your Super Bowl analysis and prediction. You are eleven and one in the postseason. To remind everyone, you kicked ass all season. We had a contest and you won going away. So yes, I would love to hear your take on the Super Bowl next week. You know when you break down the numbers and. Come up with your pick. I've already picked. I'm picking the Eagles uh, in a route. Uh, but and I'm betting on the Eagles too. I'm looking forward to that.
2: You'll but, legally it, be able to do that. It's exciting.
0: Yes, I could do it right down the street. Go in and make a bet. Nice. Make a put. I don't know five bucks on the Eagles. <laughs> Let it ride. <laughs> there you go. Uh, all, all
2: right, that'll
0: do time. it. Thanks to everybody for listening. Thank you, Montante, for the the last three days. It was fun. It was fun. We'll do it again. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Show. And we'll do it again tomorrow.